Hey kids, Mandy here, and I wanted to personally invite you to join me for Cincinnati Song Initiative's first ever Fellowship of the Song, happening May 20th through 25th. In addition to a week full of amazing concerts, song workshops, and classes, I'll be leading some seriously fun study events on heartwarming topics such as murder ballads and exploring death through music and poetry. Should be a great time! (laughs) You can participate as an auditor, whether you come to Cincinnati in person or join remotely from your comfiest couch. And the best part is that all the week's events will be recorded for unlimited viewing through June 26th. So, what are you waiting for? Head to cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash audit to learn more about this groundbreaking new program for song. And I hope to see you in person or online. Hey, you. Yeah, you there listening. You might be in your car. You might be on a walk. You might be cleaning your house. Well, I thought today we could have a little alone time. Just you and me to talk about Winterreiser. Hey kids, and welcome to Follow the Leader with me, your host, Mandy Madrid Sikich. If you are a fan of the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And remember, if you like what we are doing on the podcast, tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies, because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. All right, kids, the long-awaited moment is finally here. I am announcing the winner of our giveaway. Basically, all season long, I've been promising a copy of Ian Bostridge's book, Schubert's Winter Journey, to one of you lucky listeners. And I am so happy to deliver on that promise today. Ladies, gentlemen, and all non-binary individuals, the winner of our giveaway is... Sophia R. Sophia, make sure you check your email so I can give you instructions on how to receive the book. And if you are not Sophia R., which no one but Sophia R. is, then uh, do not be dismayed because we will be hosting a second giveaway during part two of our Winterreise season. So stay tuned to receive more goodies. All right, kids, so today is very exciting because we are finishing part one of Winterreise. And I thought it would be cool for us just to have some one-on-one time. I mean, we're halfway through. I thought it might be a good time to have a a little check-in with you all and to play a game. That's right, we're gonna play a game together. So what's gonna happen is I'm gonna read a quote And you are going to say whether it's already happened, it's something that's going to happen, or if it's altogether not from Winterreise. All right. Are you all ready? I hope so, because here we go. Quote number one. 
In the middle of winter, I at last discovered that there was in me an invincible summer. So remember, your options are, it's already happened, it's something that's going to happen, or it's altogether not from Winterreise. And if you guessed not from Winterreise for that first quote, then you are correct. That quote is actually by the author Albert Camus. All right, moving on. Quote number two. Snow, you know of my longing. Tell me, where does your path lead? Give you a second to think about that one. If you guess that it's already happened, then you would be correct. That is from Wasserflut, which is song number six. All right, next. Ooh, isn't this fun? I am malicious because I am miserable. Am I not shunned and hated by all mankind? That quote is from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, so not from Winterreise at all. All right, moving on. My tears, too, flowed down my cheeks, and ah, I cannot believe that I have lost you. That one is tricky, and if you thought it was by Schubert, then you'd be correct, but it is actually not from Winterreise. That is from the song Ear Built, with text by Heinrich Heine, which Schubert set to music in his cycle Schwanengesang. Also set by Clara Schumann, actually. Next quote. Cheerfully out into the world against wind and storm, and if there is no God on earth, then we ourselves are God. That is from Moot, which is song number 22 from Winterreise. So that is going to happen, but we have not yet come across uh, those words. Next quote. Why should I stay here longer that they may drive me out? Let the stray dogs howl before their master's house. That one's pretty easy. That is, in fact, from Gute Nacht, song number one of Winterreise, which we have already covered in the very first episode of season two. Next. What good is the warmth of summer without the cold of winter to give it sweetness? That is altogether not from Winterreise. That is by the author, a quote by the author John Steinbeck. Here we go. In the wondrously beautiful month of May, as all the buds sprang, then it was that in my heart love arose. Diehard song lovers will know that that is in fact not from Winterreise, but that is text by Heinrich Heine set to music uh, by Robert Schumann in his famous Dichterliebe. Next. The round linden trees were blooming. The clear streams rushed brightly, and ah, two maiden eyes glowed. Then it was that you were done for, friend. And we actually ran across that text not too long ago. That was from Rückblick, song number eight from Schubert's Winterreise. Next. I wander over mountain and valley and over green heaths, and with me wanders my torment. It will never from me part. 
I might have tricked you on that one because we did cover that text during season two, but that is actually from the song Imvalda by Schubert with the text written by Ernst Schulze. We covered that in our episode discussing Erstarung because uh, Imvalda was actually like the predecessor to the song Erstarung. So if you got tricked on that one, you're uh, probably in good company. All right, penultimate quote. Here we go. I see a signpost standing immovable before my eyes. I must travel a road from which no man has ever returned. And that is going to happen in Winterreise. That is from song number 20, Der Wegweiser. All right, kids, you got one more chance to show off your knowledge. Hopefully someone's there uh, listening along with you and you've been able to uh, (laughs) show off your uh, fancy leader knowledge. All right, last quote. Should then no souvenir I take from here? When my sorrows are stilled, who will speak to me of her? If you guess that that already happened, then you would be correct. Because that is from song number four, Erstarung of Schubert's Winterreise. And for playing that game, the participatory award I bestow upon you is this breakfast sandwich. (laughs) I brought myself a breakfast sandwich, so... uh, (laughs) I'm going to eat that now in a celebration of you. (laughs) Congratulations to all you participants. Thanks for playing. With that, I think we'll move on to our two songs that we are covering in our episode today. Before we dive into song number 11 from Schubert's Winterreise, do you remember where we left off? We last left our traveler, and he was in the coal burner's hut. Remember, he was resting, even though the music was set such that it felt as if he was still walking, so that perhaps even in this rest, he was not truly resting. So that's where our next song, Frühlingstraum, picks up. Let us begin with a translation of the text. I dreamt of colorful flowers, so as they bloom in May. I dreamt of green meadows, of cheerful bird calls. And as the cocks crowed, then my eyes awoke. There it was cold and dark. The ravens screeched from the roof. But on the window panes, who painted the leaves there? Do you laugh indeed about the dreamer who saw flowers in the winter? I dreamt of love and of love, of a beautiful maiden, of embracing and kissing, of bliss and rapture. And as the cocks crowed, then was my heart awake. Now I sit here alone and think upon the dream. The eyes I close again still beats the heart so warm. When will the leaves at the window turn green? When will I hold my beloved in my arms? He's finally, finally asleep. 
finally catching, catching up on that little nappy poo he's been so desperately needing. If you had to guess, dear listener, what might you think that sounds like? Well, here is how Schubert portrays this. Finally, something beautiful, something peaceful, restful, calming, restorative, etc. This opening is so pure in its presentation. You know, there's nothing overworked or overwrought here. It's simple beauty, free from complication. But there is a little but in there, right? It's almost too beautiful to be real. When the voice begins, we start to see why. The traveler says, I dreamt of colorful flowers, so as they bloom in May. I dreamt of green meadows, of cheerful bird calls. And now, if we know anything about our traveler and this journey he's been on, it's that there's nothing colorful or cheerful about it, right? It's all been pretty bleak. And the only time we've had color or cheer, it's, it's been in memories or it's been in the past. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of the verse itself. Ich Ich träumte von grünen Wiesen, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei. By this point in the cycle, we've learned enough thus far to make a few assessments about what this musical content might mean. So, do you have any ideas what this musical content means in its presentation? Well, first of all, it's in major. And thus far, we've learned that when something is in major, he's thinking back upon happier times. He's recalling memories or he's dreaming or perhaps he's doing a little bit of time travel in his mind, right? We saw that in Der Lindenbaum where he was time traveling back and then kind of jumping back between the past and the present a lot. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that we've also learned enough to know that this might not be what it seems. He is dreaming, but he's also believing it to be the past, dreaming of a time gone by. But here I think it's an idealized version. Just as in Rutblik, when he remembers his exit from town to be worse than it was, I think here he might be remembering the past May time as perhaps more perfect than it was. Schubert set this all in a gallant style, a style of a time gone by. Things were simpler, uncomplicated by chromaticism. I think he imagines the past to have been similarly uncomplicated. But, you know, it probably wasn't that way. Don't we all romanticize things in our past a bit? We always think back about the good old times, kind of forgetting the things that maybe did make those things more complicated than we remember. Now, the theme of bird calls is very prevalent in this song. It begins at the end of the introduction where we hear a cuckoo. Hear that? 
it kind of adds to this idealized version that he's dreams, dreaming slash remembering. It's almost like a Disney cartoon type edition where we're seeing these birds kind of flit around and then from the corner of the screen there pops up a little cuckoo to add just the finishing touch to this pastoral scene before us. In the first verse, he describes dreaming of cheerful bird calls. Then the very next thing we hear is him being woken by the roosters crowing. So to me, this seems like one of those moments, you know, where when you're in a dream and you start hearing something in the dream, and then when you wake up, you realize that thing you heard in the dream, that crazy noise, is actually something that's present in real life. Like, I don't know, I'm just thinking about one time I was in a submarine and I heard this like... um emergency kind of bell going off and then when I when I woke up it was just my alarm clock so I kind of think that that's what's going on here he comes to realize oh those little cuckoos they're not the pleasant Disney birds flitting about that is actually a villainous rooster calling me back to the reality of the present where my heart is broken and I am alone just as I am on this podcast today (laughs) Wait, what am I talking about? I'm not alone. You guys are here with me. That realization of the horror of the present sounds like this. Und als die Hähne kräten, da ward mein Auge wach. Da war es kalt und finster, es schrien die Raben vom Dach. This little diddle dee <laughs> Let me play it for you. <laughs> It's both the rooster awakening him and also the ravens antagonizing. Now, remember, they had last been seen or, well, he perceived that they were seen to be throwing snow at him from the rooftops in Rukblik. He says that they were throwing snow at him from every rooftop as he went by on his way out of town. Well, here they are again, this time screeching at him from the rooftop. This is a pretty violent episode. The violence of waking from the pastoral dream to this horrible reality is quite effectively portrayed through abrupt and petulant eight-note blocks coupled with outbursts from the birds. Then the left hand rumbles insistently, beating out the same note over the course of four measures. And then it all finishes with, as you just heard, the upward minor sweep at the dynamic level of fortissimo, which is actually an extreme dynamic for Schubert. By this point in the song, you'll realize that it continues in the theme of contrasting imagery, the polarity between emotions and between images that we've become accustomed to throughout the course of the cycle. Frühlingstraum paints a polarized picture familiar to many of us. The contrast between sweet dreaming and the brutality of waking to an existence that is robbed of the beauty within the dream. It's just too relatable, right? Well, actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, (laughs) I mostly have nightmares. (laughs) So I'm usually very happy to awaken from my dreams. (laughs) And that's all for today's edition of Reasons Why Mandy Goes to Therapy. (laughs) Awkward silence here. I'm laughing because it's true. (laughs) And if I don't laugh, I'll cry. (laughs) All right, moving on. 
After this episode of being violently startled from sleep, he calms back down and closes his eyes to see if he can return to that place. And I think this is relatable too. You know, when you have a dream that you wake from and you just want so badly to return to it. I've heard of people actually being able to do this. In any case, as he settles back down, he notices on the window there are these beautiful ice leaves or flowers that have become etched in the window panes. Now, I did not know what he means by this, but I live in Southern California, so I don't really ever see anything um, like this here, ever. Uh, But what he's talking about is the phenomenon where ice will kind of grow on the window panes, and it grows in the shape of flowers or leaves. Susan Ewan sums it up like this. Uh, She says, essentially, the winter frost mimics the patterns and forms of living nature. I looked up pictures of it online, and it is truly beautiful. I f- feel like it's it's one of those natural things that you could just kind of stare at and lose yourself in it for, for quite some time. I think that our traveler sees these icy little guys on the window, and he's reminded of the living flowers he so recently saw in his dream. He's so badly wishing to return to the memory, to the dream with the colorful flowers, but he knows it's ridiculous. He says he knows it's laughable to imagine seeing flowers in the dead of winter. While all this transpires, Schubert has the piano gently lulling him back to sleep with the dreamiest of piano accompaniments. at the dreamer, I've read discussions of this being one of the rare moments where he's addressing whatever divine presence that might have designed such a thing. You know, upon first reading thought, maybe he might be sort of breaking that wall between the protagonist and and the reader or the listener. And I don't think that that's what's going on here. We've discussed previously how Mueller did not concern the traveler with the existence of a god or a god-type figure. It's basically a given that in this cycle, there is no god. But this is a rare moment where he acknowledges that if there is one, then it's a cruel presence that mocks and derides the traveler. Nothing but a cruel divinity would taunt a poor traveler with the illusion of flowers, of a beauty which he cannot have in the dead of winter. Some sort of sick cosmic joke, if there is a divine presence. As we contemplate whether we should laugh at or pity the dreamer who sees flowers in winter, Schubert masterfully returns our dreamer to his longed-for dreamland.
So our guy is successful, right? He fell asleep and he's back in his fantasy land. <laughs> that kind of reminds me um, of uh, Kramer from Seinfeld, <laughs> where he says whenever he'd go over to Jerry's apartment, he was living in a, in a fantasy land. <laughs> this time, this fantasy land of our traveler, it's even more fanciful. He's dreaming of idealized love of mutual love, a love that is returned from one to another. In his experience, I'd say that this is even more unrealistic than dreaming about Maytime and Meadows while sleeping alone in a coal burner's hut in the dead of winter. As he speaks of embracing and kissing, of bliss and rapture, it is accompanied by the same music that accompanied his Maytime dream. Ich träumte von Lieb um Liebe, von einer schönen Maid, von Herzen und von Küssen, von Wonn und Seligkeit, von Wonn und Seligkeit. But the reverie is short-lived as those pesky roosters crow again, again awakening him to the horror that is his reality. He is utterly alone and now is left with the remnants of a dream he can no longer return to. He closes his eyes again. And this is one of those incredible instances where I feel like the music is even better suited for the words that come the second time around. He says the Eyes I close again, still beats the heart so warm. And for that, Schubert returns to this accompaniment. It sounds so much like sleepy eyes and a softly beating heart to me. I just melt when this comes around again. It really is one of my very favorite moments to perform. Because it follows on the heels of a second violent minor section, it creates that epic Schubertian effect of the major tonality feeling even more heartbreaking than the minor. Though, it must be mentioned that he is eventually left at the end in the darkness of his grim reality, with a single minor arpeggiated chord, thusly. With this, we realize the dream is over and there is no chance of re-entry. This song is very interesting, considering that he later renounces dreams in the song Im Dorfe, in part two of Winterreise. I think his comprehension comes at that later time in Im Dorfe, the comprehension that dreaming only causes pain because it reminds you of what you cannot have or of what you've lost. So he announces that he is done with it, that he is done with dreaming altogether. I think in no small part because of what he experiences here. As we leave him at the end here, I, I can't help but pity him even though he is not asking for it. After re-experiencing the beauty of his dream, 
the isolation and solitude to which he is now awake is more devastating, I think, than ever. Shall we take a listen before I start ugly crying here? <laughs> All right, here to sing Frühlingstraum for us is the inimitable Dr. Tyler Reese. Ich träumte von bunten Blumen, so wie sie wohl blühen im Mai. Ich träumte von grünen Wiesen, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei, von lustigem Vogelgeschrei. Und als die Hähne kräten, da ward mein Auge wach. Da war es kalt und finster, es schrien die Raben vom Dach. Da war es kalt und finster, es schrien die Raben vom Dach. Schlecht das Herz so 
Listening to that gave me enough time to finish my breakfast sandwich. <laughs> Congratulations to me. All right, kids, I think it's time to move on to the last song of part one. Here we go with Einsamkeit. Allow me to read you a translation of the text. Like a dark cloud going through clear skies, when in the fir tree top a feeble breeze blows, so I move down my road with heavy foot, through bright, happy life, alone and without greeting. Ah, the air is so calm. Ah, the world is so bright. When the storm still raged, I was not so miserable. Okay, okay, so, I love this poem. <laughs> First of all, it's short. <laughs> Something important to remember here. When Schubert first encountered the Winterreise poems, he thought that there were only 12 of them. So, when he composed the 12 songs we've covered so far, he thought that it ended here with Einsamkeit, and he even wrote the word fine at the end of the manuscript. Also, he originally composed this song in the same key as the first song, Gute Nacht, the key of D minor, which gave the set of 12 songs the feeling of having come full circle. Once he realized, though, that there were more poems, he quickly got around to setting the new poems, well, new-to-him poems, and he changed the key of Einsamkeit to leave it feeling open for the journey to continue. The song begins with what Graham Johnson calls mournful open fifths, which he points out we do not hear again until the very last song, Der Leiermann, hinting at the fact that Schubert really felt strongly about using open fifths in the final song of the cycle, in whatever form it might have been, its 12-song form or its 24-song form. You'll hear them in the introduction in the left hand of the piano. <laughs> These footsteps. We've heard tired footsteps before in Rast, right? But these, these seem tired on another level entirely. They are dragging, they are lagging, they can barely pick themselves up. Remember, if you can, all the way back to Gute Nacht, right? We began with determined, unwavering footsteps. Now, they are heavy. You can tell the journey has exacted its toll they do not happen easily, and they seem to really be costing him something. 
The vocal line, too, feels tired, weary. It's uneventful, and you can hear it does the minimal amount of work. Well, at the beginning, at least. Wie eine trübe Wolke durch heitere Lüfte geht, wenn in der Tanne Wipfel ein mattes Lüftchen weht, so zieh ich meiner Straße dahin mit trägem Fuß durch helles, frohes Leben What's that you say? Do do I hear you whispering of the reappearance of polarities slash juxtapositions again? Why, dear listener, that's right. <laughs> you are in fact correct. In the last song, the polarity was between dreaming and waking. But here, it's between that which is dark and that which is bright. He says, like a dark cloud going through clear skies, when in the fir tree top a feeble breeze blows, so I move down my road with heavy foot through bright, happy life, alone and without greeting. Now, I really love this imagery, the imagery of a single dark cloud moving through clear, bright skies. It does not belong. It's almost comical, really. I can see a dark little cartoon cloud in a bright blue cartoon sky. You might think that he'd be grateful for a break from the cold and the ice. The sun is shining. Maybe he can finally soak up some vitamin D. But no, he perceives it as further proof of his isolation, of his alienation. He is alien to the point of considering the weather even to be at odds with his internal world. It's interesting, though, that while he had just been so desperately yearning for May in his dreams in the previous song, here he says, ah, you know what? Actually, I prefer that storms be raging. Really, I think it's because this follows on the heels of the previous song. It's a reaction to what he experienced there. He realizes there is no place for him in a land filled with bright sunlight and cheerful weather. He'd just be a fish out of water. It'd be so obvious that he doesn't fit in, that he sticks out like a sore thumb, like that dark cloud in the bright sky. I really like what Susan Ewan says here. She says... Quote, it is a disturbing measure of his alienation that the standard of comparison is not to be found in living beings, but in non-human nature, end quote. You can hear him ruminating, becoming bitter and caustic at the brightness of the world and the cheeriness of the nature around him. The piano, to me, feels like it's hinting at him, perhaps spitting after he says these things. 
You'll also hear, rising from the depths of the piano, he explains how he was not so miserable when the weather reflected his dark mood with raging storms. Als noch die Stürme tobten, war ich so elend, so elend nicht. Now, with his typical flawless discernment, Schubert decides to repeat text of the last verse so that we feel a heightening of the tension. We understand the toll this is taking on him and the sacrifice he is making to express himself yet again. And therefore, we experience perhaps an even more extreme come down after it is over. I'll save that, though, for our full performance of the song. I must say, it does seem like now he's moved on from the heartache of his breakup. This song feels to me like more than mourning just the ending of a relationship. Now he appears to be mourning his very existence. Nothing is right about it, right? Not even the weather. And on top of that, he is tired. Doesn't being tired just make everything worse? <laughs> In my opinion. I would rather be hungry. I would rather be sick. I would rather be so many things than tired. <laughs> To lament over the existing paradox between his inner world and his outer world here has only served to weary him further. And in the short little postlude, we can hear that he can hardly pick up his feet as he shuffles out of view. So tired is he, so weary and broken down. So Really, it's a picture of heroic loneliness. This was something I think that Schubert could relate with in a very real way. He never found the companionship, the romantic love he so desperately longed for in his own life. And in a strange parallel, Schubert actually struggled more with writing this song than with any other song in part one of Winterreise. You can see in his manuscripts where he wrote and then violently slashed out what he wrote. Seems he made the right decisions, though, in the end, in my estimation at least. This song is highly effective and leaves us ready for the next stage in our journey, no matter how exhausted we might be. <laughs> Shall we take a listen together? Once again, to sing Einsamkeit here for us is Dr. Tyler Reese. Lüftchen weht, so zieh 
ich meine Straße dahin mit trägem Fuß durch helles frohes Leben einsam und ohne Gruß. Part one. Okay, nerds, I am so excited that we have successfully reached that halfway point, and we are actually going to be taking a short break to gear up for part two. So you can expect to hear more episodes near the end of August. Dear listener, Thank you for being here today. Without you, there'd be absolutely no point in making this podcast. If you just can't get enough Winterreise in your life, then you might want to try singing Frühling's Traum or Einsamkeit with me. You can find me on YouTube as Mandy Madrid Sikic. Click on the Winterreise playlist and start singing. Remember that Follow the Leader can be found in all the usual podcasty places. And please, if you like what you hear, leave a review. It is honestly the best way you can support the podcast. Follow the Leader is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at leadernerd. That's at L-I-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-D. See you later, nerds! Zu meiner Reisen nicht wählen mit der Zeit, muss selbst den Weg mir weisen in diese Dunkelheit. Es zieht ein Mondenschatten.
Worten als mein Gefährte mit. Es zieht ein Munden Schatten als mein Gefährte mit. If you love this podcast, then you'll love the Song Cycle podcast, also by Cincinnati Song Initiative. Song Cycle introduces the coolest and awesomest leaders of the song world today and dives into getting to know them and their unique stories, where they think song in the 21st century is headed, and lots of other great topics. If you're looking for your next source of inspiration as you continue on your own musical journey as a song lover, look no further than Song Cycle with me, your host, Sam Martin. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation.